The views expressed on this Turnbuckle Tabloid live stream or Turnbuckle Tabloid podcast episode do not reflect the views, thoughts, or opinions of the RageWorks brand, including the RageWorks podcast network, RageWorks content partners, advertisers, and affiliates. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Girls, let's go. We got to go to dance. This is Good Dad Angel here. When I'm not taking my girls to dance, I'm listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. Because I'm a mook. Turnbuckle Tabloid. Three, two, one.
This is Evander James, most honest man in professional wrestling, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Tabloid. Perfect. And you can trust that. Even better. Thank you, sir. Give me a fucking mic. Turnbuckle Tabloid, cutting a promo. Once again, this week, I got to deal with the lesser of two evils. If I'm going to deal with the sounds of outside and get a bullshit breeze or get the air conditioner blowing and keep me cool. And yeah, I'll go with the air conditioner. Fuck that. You know what? My fault. I'll try to keep the gains down and see if I can get the noise canceling going on. But yeah, whatever works, because I ain't sweating my balls up in my own house. Fuck that shit. So this week's going to get promo. I wanted to elaborate on something that I wasn't able to really convey in an episode um, prior to this one. It's, uh, the last cutting of promo we had, uh, Hank Flanagan stopping by, and uh, my boy uh, uh, M Double, my man M Two Ink, came in, and we were discussing the the MJF promo, but we were also discussing that. Yes, we all know that kayfabe is dead. But with that being said, it's why does it have to be so severe? And why is it that individuals who are in the business can't just, I don't know, get the story to go along and keep it progressing, keep it going? I mention this because I... I was listening to the double or nothing scrum that happened. And of course, Jericho had to go on there and um, discuss the semantics of the uh, anarchy in the arena match. And basically discussed how they put it together and whose idea was and why it happened and blasey blasey. And it's like, dude, Shut the fuck up. Honestly, why is it necessary to fucking talk to the marks? Why? Why is it a need that you have to fucking put over the fact that, yes, the curtain is pulled back. The toothpaste is out the tube. And all cliched fucking innuendos and such that are said in the world, but why do we have to play the same game with the rest of the, the, the crowd? You're on a different level than them. You're basically telling everyone, I am an actor. I am playing a role. I fucking am fake. I don't understand the point of this. The whole point is to put over the fact that what you're doing in the ring conveys some sort of reality. The MJF thing is such a intricate and in-depth work shoot storyline, newsworthy following that what makes it great is that you don't know what the fuck is going on. And that's what the fuck is the purpose of wrestling. That you don't know what the fuck is going on. Take, for instance, with the whole Cody Rhodes torn pectoral muscle shit. Everyone is like, it's fake. It's fake. It's makeup. It's makeup. And it's like, okay. Fine. 
if it is makeup? What it makes you feel better that you're smarter than everybody else about it? It makes you feel genuine to know that, hey, I can't get shit put over on me. This is the point that I was trying to convey in the conversation, and I was kind of shocked with Hank Flanagan's thoughts about this because at the same token, we were discussing the semantics and the reasoning for why we are part of wrestling is because of the illusion of it being something real. Of course, we're going to sit there and know that once somebody gets punched in the face, that it doesn't work that way. Of course, we work that. Of course, we know that once somebody gets hit with a blunt object, they're not going to fucking kick up later on and pin someone for a win or some put them in a submission or not die. We understand that. I get that. But for me, for me, when you're putting over a story in an angle, you want to convey that there's this sense of reality. It's like I was saying with, like, David Blaine sat there and would do a card trick. And you're like, wow, you made the fucking ace of spades come out my ass. How'd you do that? Then after he does it, he goes, well, what actually was is that when I first met you, I put the ace of spades in your back pocket and then it slipped. I don't want to fucking know that. There's still an illusion that goes with it. Now, there's some that has to be the know-it-alls that have to know everything. They have to be the ones that said, well, you know, they're not really um, closing their fists when they hit them because, you know, that's that would really knock somebody out. Well, they have. All right. We get it. And, you know, sometimes I find myself in that same realm. But my my other world that I deal with is trying to capture some sort of fantasy and let me live. Let me live. I was trying to equate it to uh, basketball players in the NBA or, and, or any in any division or leagues, what, that, what it is. Guys don't want to play defense anymore because they don't want to get dunked on or they don't want to get um, their ankles broken. That's the, the cliche thing. And with wrestling, it's nobody doesn't want to be lost in the fact of a storyline because they'd be like, oh, you're a mark. Nobody wants to be a mark. Here's a fucking a wake-up call to everyone. You're a fucking mark just for that. Just because they think that you're a smart mark means nothing. You're still a fucking mark. I'm even a fucking mark for even for doing the show. We're all marks. And you don't even know the fucking re where it comes from to be a mark. It's not a wrestling terminology. It's a fucking carny uh 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 uh, terminology. It comes from knowing that somebody has money and the, 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 the head of the, the carnival or the festival knew that they had money. They would throw, uh, 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 a sign in the air to other of the festival gatherers who are, who are running, uh, um, games and such to let them know this person has money. They were a money mark. They had money on them. So they wanted to get as much money as they can from them. The same could be said about wrestling fans. 
You watch the shit because you're a fucking mark. What, you think you know better because you know how somebody takes a pal driver? Dicky, no. The only way that I I introduce stuff like that is when someone is not of the no asks me questions about it, or they try to simplify the art of wrestling. Where for me, it's more of a yes. Captain America does not. Have the real ability to throw a shield and have it bounce over six walls and hits fucking Red Skull in the face. I know this is not feasible, but I would like to live in that reality. Let me live. And I don't need Chris Evans to go, well, the reason why, you know, how we did that was because we, um, we put the, the shield on the string, but I don't care. I'm not looking to be a part of that. Let me live. But the worst part is when you have wrestlers in the game who feel as though that, yeah, I'm going to connect more with the fans because I'm not going to make them feel stupid. So I'm just going to tell them that, yeah, this is all a thing. This is all a setup. What the fuck did you get in the wrestling business for? It's like we we were having a conversation with Hank, and he's he's putting over the fact that he has the most deadliest move in wrestling, the DDT. He has the most deadliest move. And I'm listening to him have this conversation. I'm listening to him talk about this, and I'm going, yes, put it over. Yes, I want people to hear how Jake the Snake had this move and created this move, and it was the finishers of all finishers. And then we're talking about what happened with MJF. And he's like, uh, that's part of the business. And making it seem as though that we bought into the bullshit. And that's what it is. And he goes, that's the fucking point. Then there shouldn't be any the heels or faces. Just have a promotion that goes and says, hey, check this out. We can just have... A, uh, uh, a performance of fake wrestling and just go out there and enjoy it. No storylines, no um, no reasons for uh, you to root for anybody. Just say, hey, this guy that goes in the ring, he's probably the best dancer we've seen in, in, in fighting. Watch him. He knows exactly how to put together his dancing moves. I don't I don't I don't get this. I, you know, then I hear the will. He's like, well, let's say in the case of MJF, he's method. And method means, if you guys don't know the, the terminology in theater and movies and such, method means is that you, you're so engrossed in the character that you're moving away from the fact that there's no such thing as you, that you are now the character. And yes, the best part of wrestling was that people were method. Look at fucking Ric Flair. He didn't even turn, he wasn't even method. He fucking lived it. It became him. You get uh, all those who who slept in a separate hotel because they didn't want to be in the same hotel as a baby face if they were a heel. 
or you had individuals who didn't go to a fucking funeral for someone who died, even though that they were close friends or they fucking um, wrestled each other for years. Yes, it's method. What is it extreme to do that? Yeah, in certain instances, yeah, in certain instances it is, but doesn't mean that after you have a fucking match, you go to the back and the match, the feud is still continuing and you share a picture on Instagram with you and that person hugging. This is why I have come to grips with the fact that I cannot listen to any podcast or watch any interview shows that have to do with any current wrestlers. Can't. Can't. Because as soon as you start talking about a match that you had two weeks ago, I'm just going to go, ugh, I roll. Get me out of here. I don't get it. And I said I was more perturbed at the fact that the purpose of selling your merch, selling your craft, selling your gimmick, selling everything is to make it seem like it's real. That's the point of it. I share the old videos on, on TikTok of classic wrestling. And everybody's like, the good old days. Why? Because you believed it. And I'm not even talking about people who were children. When I share the videos, these individuals were in their 20s, early 30s, in the 90s. And they're like the good old days of wrestling because you still had the sense of reality. You're not sitting there listening to the next fucker telling you, uh, you know, uh, after after this match, we're going to go and play um, uh, a round of, uh, of PGA golf on the fucking switch. I don't want to hear that shit. Even, even, you know, as much as I, I, I enjoy watching Up, Up, Down, Down, at least with them, they have two factions. Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right. And there's heels and fucking faces on that. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm at a loss when it comes to the state of, of wrestling, the wrestling fandom, um, who and what now they take it as. I, I'm not going to sit here and be like the old man on the lawn, which I know it sounds like that I am, but I'm not going to be this dude and be like, well, you know, back in my day, I, 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 I knew that Roddy Piper hated Mr. T, which was true. He did hate him. But there's also a sense of, listen, sell, sell it. At least there's instances where a wrestler we know were cool, and say with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and we know that they've been friends for years. But when they have a program, they mention it's like, we were friends, but I can't stand you anymore because you shit in my motherfucking uh, toilet tank and you did an upper decker. And now when I flush my toilet or I see a shit that, you know, at, at least you bring that sense to it. You were in my house and you're my kid's godfather, but now I can't fuck with you because you took my wife's panties and hid them in a fucking cabin and I can't find it. whatever they tie it to where there has to be some kind of heat. This day and age, it's just 
everybody has to just be like, listen, we all in. We all know. We're all a part of something. We're all inclusive. It's all about us. I'm not going to make you look stupid. Because you know already. You're in the club. You're in a you're 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 an insider now. And how does that work? Fine. Granted, millions of dollars of merchandise are being sold. Why? Because kids are into it. Why? Because a lot of merchandise actually looks cool. I have a bunch of shirts because they look cool. Then on a side note, a lot of times that you know a lot of wrestlers that we knew. We're fans of hell. Fucking CM Punk at the fucking Double or Nothing Scrum was still selling as though as if it was some somewhat semi-real. He didn't give too much to uh, out, out there. And then there's some wrestlers that don't do interviews, don't do podcasts, don't do any of that because they're still selling the gimmick. Eddie Kingston, beautiful example. Will, will be very tongue-in-cheek with shit. But yeah, if you tell him about, oh, you're breaking kayfabe, he goes, kayfabe, well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What do you mean? What the fuck are you talking about? That's genuine. That's a beautiful sense of knowing the craft and respecting the craft. But you get the ones that have to sit there, young bucks, Adam Cole they think it's cool to talk like the fucking fans and the fans shouldn't even be talking this way I shouldn't even be talking this way even so that I'm fucking uh, semi media whatever the fuck you want to call me even I shouldn't be in there I should be looking at the fucking the stories that are going on the angles that's happening the program that's running the promotion that's doing it and just call it as I see it and I still sit there because of my, you know, background and history of whatever case may be. And I'll be like intuitive, inquisitive, whatever case. But I still don't make it seem as though that I am the be all, end all. And have, I'm, hey, I know how he fucking sold the woman in half. It was two people in a fucking box. It's not just a woman. There's a, there's a, there's a, a, a contraction there where you could bend their legs and, and it's not the full legs. It makes you feel better about yourself because you know something more than somebody else. I always, I, always, I often had looked at my child and I said, wow, I wish I could look at wrestling the way that you had when you were younger. That when Kane fucking walked through the gates or came through the curtains or walked out of the fucking gorilla and you were scared as shit of that person. Or when John Cena won the title after a long run of chasing it that you felt good because you were with them during that whole ride and not knowing that you know, Cena had to go film a movie. Came back that his injury because of his injury, quote unquote, and he came back and uh, he had to climb his way through 
everybody else to get in. And we finally got it. It was awesome. No. This day is because I know John Cena's filming the movie. He got three commercials happening. And also that he's doing the Kids Choice Awards. So he won't be back until SummerSlam. And you clock it and you clock it and you clock it. I'm just, like I said, I'm nostalgic. I'm just, I'm just at a point where I think I'm more angry at the wrestlers and the fucking promoters, the mark promoters who have to say, our fans aren't stupid. It's not because they're not stupid. When you go to fucking Disney World and you know that the fireworks come happen or they have a magic moment or whatever the fuck it is that they do over there. I've never been there, so I don't know what the fuck happens. But even so, you really think that fucking Mickey Mouse is a real person? You know that's somebody under it. Are you going to sit there and be like, hey, Mickey, stop bullshitting. You know you could talk. Shut the fuck up. Start saying something and don't be a dick. Yo, where the weed at, Mickey? You don't fucking blow that high. You don't blow that high for anybody. You don't blow that high for the kids. I just don't understand, like, where did it turn so badly? Was it the internet? Social media? Was it the fact that um, Vince said it's not wrestling, it's sports entertainment? When did it change for everybody? And like I said, I don't, it's not to say that I need to be naive. I just want to fucking, I, I, I want to believe that that Hulk Hogan hated Iron Sheik for real. I'm not saying it's going to go back to that, but there's still a, an era, an air in which that we as viewers of the product and the wrestlers themselves. I don't need to see heels and faces at fucking Charlotte and, 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 and Andrade's wedding. Hell, I shouldn't even see the fucking wedding. But it's a need to be in the know. You just have to fucking know. Because if you would just... Ignore that and just watch the product for what it is and just be what it is. You're a fucking mark. Stop being a fucking mark. I would wear my Marxism. You know what? I shouldn't even say that because that's not even a good thing to say. I would wear my mark badge with pride if it was done fucking properly. Honestly. I really would. But at the end of the day, someone will come by you while you're wearing your Bullet Club shirt, while you're wearing your Roman Reigns shirt, while you're wearing your Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, your Finn Balor, AJ Styles, or your, your Adam Page shirt, and they'll turn to you and they'll say, you're a fucking mark. Where I would turn to them and say, Yep. Yes, I am. 
When we come back, we're going to do Hell in a Cell results. And uh, you'll be surprised with my thoughts about it, guys. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. We'll return. Got much, much to talk about. And uh, see you guys in a second. For a sneak peek of this week's episode of TRSS Biography, we look into the life of the one many of you in the regular season sportscast world would know as a true innovator of outspokenness, directness, and straight ratchetness. For this episode, we look upon the life of the person we know as Leticia. Leticia coming from humble beginnings out of the rough and tough streets of Brooklyn, New York. Leticia is one who's never shied away from expressing herself. Yeah, so you see... When I get up on somebody, you know what I mean? I'm not scared to say what I am, because I'm real. I keep it a buck, you know what I mean? I don't give you a buck, I give it a buck. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how I am, okay? I keep a gangster for y'all. I'm real. Leticia, coming from a hard and troubling household, her father being a hustler and street pharmacist, and her mother being a calculus professor in Columbia University. Leticia seen some hard times at her youth. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? My pops was in the streets. He was doing it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Getting his hustle along. He was selling quaaludes. He was selling uh, cough medicine shots. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? He would also sell aspirin. You know what I'm saying? Somebody would come on his bar and be like, yo, I got Excedrin. He'd be like, nah, nigga, you better get the fuck out of here, okay? I'm that dude. I get it popping. I only sell bears here. That's it. Through the years, Leticia has seen some changes in her environment but she still adapted to it, such as in her education. You know what I'm saying? I went to school. You know what I mean? I did what I had to do in, like, fourth, fifth grade. I dropped out. I ain't care. So what? I wanted to be in the house, you know what I'm saying, throwing up hooky jams, you know what I'm saying, getting lit, you know, getting it popping. We would drink 40s. You know, I was, like, 19 years old, smoking the herb, getting the, you know, getting the burn on. That's what I did, okay? Then, through her teenage years, when she found herself in love. In love, my aunts. It was just niggas who was coming through and I was just getting it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? If they had money, I was taking it. That's what I did. You know? But I, I, I did find love sometimes, okay? I wasn't a holy shit. After some time, Leticia had earned the nickname Letty La Loca. Why is it that people feel as though like it's cool to call me Letty La Loca? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's, I'm the only one who can say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's just me. It's like black people saying the N-word. I'm the only one who can say that. Leticia earned her nickname by an altercation which occurred with her former love. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? One of my baby fathers was wild and he didn't want me to take the car or key. So I was like, you know what? I'm out. Me and my homies, we about to go to the bar, get it popping, go pop some champagne bottles, spend all your child support money and do it up. So I'm on the driver's side. He outside on the passenger job thinking that he gonna go in and grab the keys. So I hit the gas on the nigga. You know what I'm saying? I was out. You know what I mean? So after like three, four, 
about 17 blocks, I stopped the car after dragging his ass, you know, he was crying and all that, talking about, why you drag me? I'm like, whatever, nigga. Then I took the car anyway, key, happened. Leticia has seen some good and some bad days, but in the end, she has become a strong, powerful woman. Look, man, this is what I just do. You know, I take care of my kids. You know, I got seven no baby daddies. You know what I'm saying? Whenever they want to eat, they fed. I got clothes on their back. Rent is paid. You know what I mean? I do what I got to do for my kids, okay? I get lit. You know what I mean? But I'm saying, though, if y'all, y'all, y'all want to throw some bread my way, go to my GoFundMe at Leticia La Loca. You go fund me, you can throw some up, you know what I'm saying? I do something, okay? Thank you. My kids would appreciate it. Plus, I gotta get... I'm gonna smoke up, man. Where my GoFundMe money at, man? Yo, for real. Next time on an episode of TRSS Biography. TRSS Biography was brought to you by... The Regular Season Sportscast. Alright, what's up everybody? This is a smooth superhero, Mantequilla, and you're listening to the Turnbuckle Tabloid. Good? One more time? Nah, we good. Okay. suspect of how this was going to play out. Wasn't sure whether or not um, it was going to be the typical WWE pay-per-view or were we going to see anything uh, insane? And sure enough, we did, ladies and gentlemen. We pretty much did. Heard a lot of people complaining about Oh, the pay-per-views entitled Hell in a Cell, but we're only getting one Hell in a Cell match? Yes! Yes, we are. Yes. Because it's one match. And that's what it's built around. It's like uh, Money in a Bank. Before the women's Money in a Bank, there was only one Money in a Bank match. Before there was uh, two brands, there was one Survivor Series match. So, yes, we're only getting one in, one Hell in a Cell match. Kicking off the show, we have Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. And French kiss to mwah, all three of these women. They fucking... Tore it up to start off the show, man. Great, great fucking opening to this, man. I um have to say that uh women's wrestling gets a lot of shit, but you know, and sometimes I, 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 I get I get hit with the misogynist shit, but it's because 
when I see a woman who wrestles like a dude or a woman who knows how to wrestle psychologically, I respect that. And there's not a lot of women in the business that can do that. But these three women in this match were exceptional. Um, you, 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 you gotta give respect where respect is due. Oscar just coming back. Um, she was in top form. Bianca has always been uh, the EST, as they would say. But not only that, but when you come into a match like this, there's a lot of uh, uh, expectations for you, and she she definitely showed and proved here. And Becky is just spot on, man. It, it was a great match by these women, and I have to say that... Uh, uh, it's probably the first time in a long time that we could honestly say that the men have to step up and follow that shit. And we'll see later on that it didn't happen. But um, <laughs> but uh, Bianca pulls out the win here after a phenomenal match. And kudos to the women out there for killing it. Next up, we get uh, Bobby Lashley versus MVP and Amos. Before we get that match happening, we get a promo. Which, by the way, shout out to motherfucking um, to MVP and his uh, his rap. <laughs> um, I have to say that the man still got skills. In case you didn't know, MVP is a rapper, <laughs> and he was handling business. When discussing the um his business his uh his uh his beef with with excuse me um because I'm trying to find it um his beef with with Bobby Lashley so uh shit it can, is it around let me see is this it uh this might be it hold on let's see yeah. MVP, Omas, an absolutely shocking moment tonight. I don't know if I get, I don't, can don't know if I get hit with copyrights uh, for this. I'm not sure, but... Explain my actions. The almighty Bobby Lashley, this force of nature. See, all I did was help the almighty... In case you guys missed it. ...remember what he was capable of doing. But somewhere along the way, he forgot about who helped him get back on that path. When I'm up for the Hall of Fame, I'll go in two times for what I've done in my career, making champ twice needed me to rescue you from your blonde ex-wife you're welcome that added 10 years to your shelf life made a name with the hurt business and you distance yourself remember shelton remember prime bob you did have help almighty this is the last hand that you'll get dealt let's go down memory lane bobby fasten your seatbelt easy dub champ yeah that was a joke as far as classic brands go that was like new coat a 273 pound pushover six foot three perfect poster boy post silver medal in 02 sums up your career Bob, you would have won gold if MVP was there. Never saw last these ladies until the VIP lounge. That's a perk of having the most valuable player around. And I know you're looking at me thinking life ain't fair. Mad at me because I still have all of my hair. Oh, what the hell? I don't believe it! Why is MVP doing this? 
I'm the one with the vision. So you know I stay scheming. Even though your name is Bobby, I got brains like Heenan. Ooh. Like weapon. I'm 305 reppin'. Think VIP lounge, I break it down in sections. All it takes from Vince is just one phone call. The bigger the ego, the harder the mighty fall. And now here we are, 13 years. Bars. Later. I'm back. Bars. In the same damn location, trapped inside that mental of yours. I made you! Bars! Bars out there, boy! Stop hating on my boy. All right, enough of that. Um, <laughs> as for the match, meh. <laughs> it's meh. Uh, we, we get a, a promo early on. Not a promo, but a, a segment early on that showed that uh, Cedric Alexander was trying to find his way back in with mvp and mvp told him that the hurt business is no more that's it anytime we gave you a chance and you, you didn't uh you didn't cash in on it you fucked up that's it bro and then that was it but um during this match almost was the heavy for the time and then we get uh mvp coming in and bobby Fought his way somewhat, some way, but it was always uh, MVP bouncing back to bring Amos in. Then finally, the climax was Cedric came into the ring and interfered, and this was kind of uh, threw off uh, Amos and the gang. And Bobby hit the spear, and it was over. So, um, not a bad match. It was um, it was okay for me uh, for a handicap. Match, it was entertaining, so I can't really bash this shit too much. Next, we get uh, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Like I said, uh, as stupid as this story sounds, I am so intrigued by it. I think it's fucking funny, and uh, WWE is really selling the tale because of um, how they want to separate the two. It almost makes you feel as though, like, he might not be Ezekiel. <laughs> he might be. I mean, he might not be Elias. He just might be Ezekiel. I don't even know what the fuck it is. I'm confused, people. So uh, in this match, uh, this was the um, Ezekiel basically pay-per-view debut. And he looked good. He looked really good. And, and Kevin looked even more exceptional in this match um i said it earlier that slowly but surely his ring work and the attire and such is kind of growing on me when when it comes to uh ezekiel um but i was happy that owens gets the win here made more sense and um it'll be great to see how this blows up later on we next get uh, Judgment Day versus AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. And this was another fun match. Very fun for me to watch. Um, I was not sure whether the women would be able to play an intricate part here. And yes, you fucking horn dog fuckers. Rhea's ass is looking crazy. But how did you not know this? Known it for, for for some time, boy. 
um, AJ was finally able to hit the um, phenomenal elbow after a long time coming. Edge looked like classic Edge. The match was a fun match to see everyone bouncing off each other. It was a um, it was a it, it was a a, a a movie in a TV show kind of match. I, I don't I, I don't know how to explain it to you guys, but it was long. It was a long story, but yet compact in, in one session. Uh, finally, we get the finish where Edge is laid out and Finn is ready to hit the coup de gras, but Rhea stands in front of him to protect Edge and wasn't able to. If Edge if Edge was that smooth, I'd have jumped over her ass and still squashed Edge, but. I mean, um, if Finn, if Finn was that smooth, he'd have jumped over fucking uh, Rhea and squashed Edge's ass. But it is what it is. Uh, Judgment Day with the win here to stand strong. And I don't know what happened next. That's crazy. I actually do. Just make sure you um, pay attention to the show next episode. I'll tell you what happened. We get. Uh, Happy Corbin versus Mad Cop Moss in a no holes barred match. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um although I love the aesthetic of of Moss, I think this is a better look for him. And um Happy Corbin is Happy Corbin. I really didn't care about this match. I just wanted I just want this to get over with because I'm actually looking forward to Moss to build up on the roster. Has a good look, has an even better um possibility of potential. And um yeah, I'm I'm I I I, I could say it was a, it was an okay match. It was fine. But uh, I, I, I would have probably wanted more from it. We get uh, Theory versus Mustafa Ali for the U.S. title. Really fun match for me. Uh, I think the crowd really is backing Ali. I'm just, um, well, you know, it helps that he was at home. But even still, I think everywhere he goes, the pro- the crowd pops for him. I'm just. I, I want to see more a, of a um, supportive juncture with them. I'm talking about Ali. I think that he should. I'm not going to tell him that he should be winning championships, but I think that this kid is so talented that you could put him in um, any any situation and he'll make it happen. Uh, Theory's already got the rocket on his back. They're They're ready to fucking push him forward. We already we have already heard rumors of the possible uh possible uh um rivalry with Cena, which makes a lot of sense. But um I'm just saying that that, that Ali should not be too far behind in that same kind of uh personality push that Theory's getting. Um we get uh Theory with the win and I don't know. I think I think a lot of people felt that maybe it shouldn't be that way. Finally, in the main event, we get the Hell in a Cell 
clincher of all clinchers. We get Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. And we've heard the rumors. We heard the stories about this, what was going down. Uh, we heard that Cody was going to be injured. We weren't quite sure whether or not he was going to show. Showed up. Then he, he pretty much did. And when he took off that robe, everybody did the same shit where we went, oof. Yeah, that was bad. Now, there was also people who were, who were talking about, well, who, what fucking doctor cleared that shit? You can't fucking wrestle with that. But apparently there were doctors who had said that with an injury like that, of that magnitude, there's nothing more that you can do to to injure it even more. It's a it's a muscle tear and you're pretty much working on your own. There's no there's no way that you can fuck that shit up more than what it is. That's it. And then there's the other thing where people are like, well, that shit looks fake. That's all makeup or whatever. Let me let me explain something to you. And I don't know how WWE would have been able to do this. Number one, they uh, people were saying, well, the makeup of it was rubbing off. And I'm going, where? On who and how? In case I missed it, circle it for me. That's one. Number two, and I can't believe I'm actually having a conversation about a fucking person's injury and working through a match like this. Number two, as you can see, with that bruising... That stretch from his pectoral, his chest area down his arm. Anytime that pressure is pressed on a swelling like that, you will see the indentation of the person's real skin once it's pressed in, which means that the blood is um, uh, circulating outside of the of the pressure. Once that pressure is released, it goes back in, and you see it come back as a bruise. If there was fake, then it would be as though, yeah, I could rub that off. But no, every time that he was hit there, you will see the pressure. Get a a boo-boo, get a fucking black and blue, like we would call it. On your arm and press down on it. You see your skin show up for a second. You're like, oh, shit, it, uh, no, it still hurts. Damn. So, that's generally what happened. But, what did he do? The fucker wrestled with that shit. They even had a fucking bull rope match in it. Hell, he went through a fucking table. How? How is he doing this shit? The only thing that I had I had thought about when I was asked about this, I said either they put that cream on him, that that Novocaine cream on that shit, but even so, your arm has to fucking move. And the other thing would be fucking uh uh, uh like uh, painkiller shots, no, uh, Novocaine, uh, whatever the fuck, anesthesia shots, and and even so, your arm has to fucking move. And he saw an each time during that he 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 wrestled through that shit, and he made it happen. I don't know. 
I, I listen. Like I mentioned in my TikTok, I will call out of work for any of the littlest shit. And that motherfucker wrestled in the hell in a cell with a bull rope and a fucking table spot. I'm a big pussy. Cody's a real man. I'll say it just like that. I'm okay with that. Because goddamn, that shit is real. Cody gets the win and finishes off his rivalry with uh, Seth Rollins and give it up to Rollins as well because he looked phenomenal. He looked phenomenal here as well. He fantastic. But um, I still don't think that this is done, though. And we kind of get a teaser of it come um, Monday Night Raw. Uh, other than that, that's going to wrap up my Hell in a Cell preview, as, or excuse me, review, as well as um, my um, my love for this episode. Because I'm done. I'm finished. Guys, make sure you check us out on all social media outlets. And please... Check out our guys at Outlaw Wrestling this week. Oh, my God. These guys are doing it big. They have a collaboration with Outlaw versus NWA. Big matches on deck. We have uh, our guy, our people's family, Homicide, going one-on-one for the Outlaw Championship as well as the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship against Dirty Dango, formerly known as Breezango. Uh, too much on, too much on the card as well. Mike Knox versus Crowbar. We also get Ray Jazz versus Nick Aldis and JC Storm versus Melina. And in a, uh, five best of series tournament. Is it best of five? Is it best of? Show me what it is, boy. Uh, best of, yes, best of five series. Jaden Vallo versus Encore Moore and much, much more. Check out our peoples at Outlaw Wrestling. Going to be big. Bay Ridge, New York City, Brooklyn, baby. So, uh, check those guys out. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. Gonna get some sleep. I'm done. So I'm out of here. And much love to all you guys for listening in. And uh, as always, love you guys. Take a bump. I'm out. Later's Turnbuckle Tabloid. Three, two, one. Tabloid.